Okay. Yeah, it's working. All right, it's great to see everybody here, and it's great to see that most of uh, the attendees today on today are from the yeshiva, and uh, perhaps that's going to allow us a little more leeway about the stuff we're going to discuss. <laughs> um, again, I wasn't sure. Obviously, you know, our, our, our title today—I guess you could call it either "Achieving a Perfect Ten or "A Few Good Men." Either way, either way, the topic is going to be zeroing in primarily about uh, how uh, the Paiskim dealt with issues of having a minion. When, in order to get to that number. You're going to have to have people who, in their religious life, are either openly or are openly machali Shabbos or other types of averis. Now, again, the question actually is something that is unique to perhaps the last 150 or 200 years, as I wrote in the blurb. And some of the halachic determinations are going to sound different than what we find in the Rishonim. Uh, and in, in some ways, this is a, a test case of how halacha works to deal with reality in a way that it doesn't just say, let's just allow everything. And we're going to see some approaches. Um, and again, I, uh, we start today, of course, uh, with the quote from Charles Dudley Warner, who was a, uh, a good friend of Mark Twain's. Uh, he was a very famous writer. Uh, and a, a person who was a critique of religious life and in general the sort of the gilded age of the 19th century in America. And as he says here that uh, it's well known that in summer virtue suffers from inertia and it's difficult to assemble the members of any vigilant organization. Again, uh, because to get people to show up, to get people to come, again, especially if you're not going to offer uh, uh, hot food, is sometimes going to be difficult especially in cities where the flag of the enemy is never lowered. And again, this is about their, you know, obviously dealing from the Christian perspective, people who want to start, you know, having, you know, whatever sort of meetings. It's sometimes difficult when other stuff is happening. But wherever the devil is, there's always a quorum present for business. And sort of this is a, a, a good quote, I think, because... We're talking about sometimes business people and good business people, especially during the periods that we're going to be discussing, who didn't keep Shabbos because they thought that it was the right thing to do or it was the only thing that they could do. So, as we are radiating warmth, offering this hot meal, we're going to continue what we started two weeks ago, our exploration of the halachic parameters governing inclusion of secular Jews and various aspects of Torah life. So... I was thinking in Shulchan Aruch, of course, this uh, this issue about when the type of life you lead excludes you comes up in a number of different places. One of them is in terms of Erevin. <coughs> One of them is in terms of Rebus, in terms of Shechita. In all of these areas, the Post can speak about the fact that based on the Gemara and Chulin, that a, a Machal Shabbos someone who violates the Shabbos openly, has a din of a non-Jew or the din of an Oved Avodah The Rambam says, He's like a non-Jew for everything. So those areas, Ribis, being able to lend him money uh, to be able to charge him Ribis, 
to charge him interest. Uh, the halachas of 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 Erevin, the halachas of Shechita, are a little again. They are test cases for this status. What does it mean? What would it be a Jew today? Is, is this right? Is it, is it as bad today as it used to be? Is it worse? Is it different? But I thought the one that comes up a lot, at least it came up in my youth, and I think could still come up in many communities, is counting for a minion. Um, and we're going to have to re- d- analyze w- what is the primacy of Shabbos, as I write here, in our lives, and when we can look at behavior and say, okay, that's blatant public desecration mm-hmm. of Shabbos, that person cannot be part of our minion. You cannot count. You can come into the show. Yes, Ari. So, like, what about, like, for example, like, in out-of-town communities, like, when I was in, in Berkeley or in, and in San Francisco for Shabbos, they knocked on doors of the, like, of the performed rabbi who plays guitar to, uh, to help make dominion. Okay, so good. Okay. So, it's a good point, and we're going to talk about whether that is actually the proper thing to do or not. And is there a halachic approach? And maybe Berkeley might be different than New York. Also, Berkeley has a, a large hippie renewal community. Okay. So, we're going to see that sometimes expediencies of who you're dealing with and whether the shul survives or not is sometimes going to be a factor, which means, like Ramesha writes sometimes in the Haktamatis Juvis, don't assume even after you understand everything that I wrote here, that you can apply it to your situation. Sometimes the tshuva is unique to a specific case, and therefore what might be true, what we might do in Berkeley or in other places, might not be what we might do in Brooklyn. Yes? Because I was going to ask, is there, are we going to see that there's a leniency for, for people who just don't know? Because I know yes. Well, the, 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 you already find in the Mishnah Bura and Hilchas Eirvin, when, when he says if someone's Machal Shabbos out of a lack of knowledge, that he just doesn't know that that's wrong, then you don't treat him as a, uh, as a Oved Avodazar or someone who, um, is excluded. What about the Moscow? Okay, so that's gonna, that, that, Shonu Pirish, we're gonna see some, uh, some very sharp words about that. But most of these, again, it's, it's incredible, as I said two weeks ago, the amount of material that is about this. I'm gonna try to focus in, and as I say here in the blurb, they've ingeniously preserved communities. <laughs> they've come up with ways not just to say it's allowed, but they've actually explained things in what I think is sometimes an ingenious way. And as we say, communities are definitely racked with overwhelming lifestyle changes. Again, uh, maybe in a different year or an extension of this year, I've seen the questions that have come up in terms of the inclusion of um, transgender and other people into the minion as well or and, and that is something which I believe is it's, a, it's obviously something quite different but it's an extension of some of the discussions that we have here these lifestyle changes of the 19th and 20th century were that you have people that were Mahali Shabbos and it was a normal thing for them. In the 21st century, we even have different lifestyle changes, and we'll see if what we're going to talk about here can somehow, as we can say, note the realities, convey the compassion that's necessary. We don't want to turn our club into something that's so exclusive, but we judiciously guard the fundamental principles. Okay. The Gemara is the, the, the I'm, I'm going to skip. I'm going to go ahead. Yeah. You know, right. So we're going to that's, that's, that's blatantly. Right. So we're going to talk about working what, the club rules. Yes. Yeah, so we're going to talk about Moshe has a big finish about Farhesia, and we're going to get to to all of that uh, in a minute. 
I, I guess I want to start actually with the tshuva that I think is the least radical and gives you the most hekif. I'm not going to go in order. And it actually reflects life in Eretz Yisrael. I guess life in Eretz Yisrael in some... Not every place in Eretz Yisrael is thriving with great from Jews everywhere, as we know. Let's start with this tshuva. It's really, um, a, a chronologically, it'd be, it's a sort of a backward place to start, but I think it's a good place to start because uh, Rav Chaim Dovid Alevi, who was chief rabbi of Tel Aviv, and um, was one of the really the great Svardash Apoiskim, uh, the end of the 20th century, a Talmud of... Um, the, uh, the the chief rabbi in the time of Rav Kokor Ben Sion, uh, Meir Chai Uziel, uh, and uh, many people have pointed to his chuvas as a model of how the Pesach of today uh, should should learn from. So it's going to start. We'll start with his chuva. I'm going to then go to Rav Herzog, and then I'm going to finish off with a lot with what I hope is going to be some very interesting things from Ramosha. So we'll start with uh, Rav Chaim Dov and Alevi's chuva, and everybody can see it all right on the board. Okay. So I don't know the year this was written, but I believe it was written sometime in the seventies or eighties perhaps a little bit later than that. But I, I, I do believe, and you'll see from one of the terms at the end, that I do believe that it was sometime in the mid-70s or 80s. Okay. So uh, he's writing to a young man. And maybe some of the guys here in the, in, in, in the room can relate to the quandary that, this young, that faced this young man. Okay, here it is. With Nation Asayim, everybody can see up on the board? With Nation Asayim, my dad started davening in the shul. This was a shul that had closed previously because they couldn't find people to come and make the minion daily or on Shabbos. The dad enjoyed it. The dad, well, you see how he enjoyed it in a minute. But they took him as a chazan, they took him as a balkoire. So since the father joined, they were able to basically get a minion every Shabbos since his father joined. The, the boy tells Rav Chaim David Alevi, I can see how much it means to my dad. My dad really enjoys it. I see it's important for him to go to that minion and that, 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 that small shul somewhere in Eretz Yisrael. Bayatihu, my problem is, there's six to eight pool of people that you could call them religious. The rest of the people who wander into the shul, who come into the shul, who, as Ari said before, they knock on the door to bring them. Right? The others are not religious and are Machale Shabbos. So I guess the son was from and was right. The son it. was bothered by it, and he has the problem of keeping other aim as well. You see in a minute. As far as I know, and this is as we're going to see, we're going to find the source for this. A person who's not from can't make number ten. So, but Avi So my father asked me if I should come. So 
So, but Ula Meidach, ain't any Margish told me Bechina Hilchatit, Kashni Yodea, Sheminyan Zemashrim and Osalo Datiim. I'm number 10, I, I'm part of the 10 who shows up. But I know that many times when I come, the minion's going to be formed by some non from people who are going to make the 10th. And I tried to push my dad to try to come up with a reason why I want to just go to the local shul no here. I want to go to the yeshiva shemenyan. And he would get upset at me that I didn't want to come with him to help the minion to help the shul. Bring three friends. He says, when I think about davening, I think about a spiritual experience. I think about an uplifting. Remember the guy who's a bentayri comes home once a month, as we'll see in a minute. So my father said, "Let's call. Let's ask Rav Chaim David Alevi. Let's ask other poskim, and we'll see what they say." If Rav Chaim David Alevi or some posik of na of no renown says that I should stop going. That you shouldn't daven in such a place, and he's going to stop. The father's going to stop and stop being this. And I assume he was donating his time. He's going to stop being this voluntary uh, chazan and balkore. But the father mentioned, and it's obvious that with the father gone and the son gone, that the shul will probably. It's quite possible the shul will close. And he Talmud Yeshiva something, I don't know, fill in, Ponovich, Slavotka, um, any place that you can think of, uh, Gush, <laughs> or uh, um, uh, what's the Sephardi place, Parat Yosef, think of any place. So I'm only home once every four weeks, what should I do? All right, now again, maybe I just preface that maybe some of these comments reflect non-Jewish or non-religious Jews in Eretz Yisrael. Um, but it might not reflect things here. But let's take a look at the things. Huh? All right. So he starts off with the sources, which stop, which means we don't have to go to the sources. Let's take a look. Okay, let's talk about davening. Where does it say, again, I mentioned in the introduction here before, Baruch Hashem, we have a nice group, but before everybody showed up, I mentioned that in, in, in Shulchan Aruch, the idea comes up in Hilcha Shabbos by Erevin, comes up in Shechita, comes up in Ribis. Uh, it comes up in terms of uh, giving meals, in terms of washing, in terms of not giving food to someone who you don't think is going to wash or make a bracha. But it actually is not written in Shulchan Aruch about a Machal Shabbos not being part of a minion. So where does it come from? So the closest we get here is the Beis Yosef quoting the Sefer Amanig. Um, the Sefer Amadig, again, I, I don't have time to go through all the history here, but it's a very important source. It's one of the great books that you're going to find. Makairis there, if it's from the time of the Rishonim. Uh, and, and that's really, as you can see, different Minhagim in various communities, uh, mostly in Spain and southern France uh, and Provincia and in, in Spain. A lot of interesting things the Sefer Amadig has in it. And the Sefer Amadig quotes the Tshuva of Rashi here. And, and you'll see in a minute. The person is known to be a Balaveira. We know he does Averis. The community sees him doing Averot. But the community did not take the steps of excommunicating him. 
So the tshuva that's quoted, and you're going to see it's from Rashi, that you can, he can join the minion, even though we know he does have errors. And Rashi says this point, but the based on the Gemara in Sanhedrin, Chota Yisrael, that the, the Yisrael is Af Yisrael, Af Apisha Chota Yisrael. A Jew sins, he's still a Jew. As Rashi says, the Bikadusha Saikoi. You have Kedusha Yisrael, you still have the holiness of being a Jew despite the Averis that you did. If the community decides that this person is non persona non grata, we need to do something to limit him, he's a bad influence. We don't like the fact that he's, we tried to stop him and he continues doing Averos, uh, he threatened the rabbi. Whatever it is, each community decides they're going to put someone in Cherim. Then, not because of the Avera, then uh, he can't be part of a minion. But not because of the Avera. The reason why he can't be part of a minion is, Question mark. No point of being in a cherem is this is the central part of all the way a community thrives is what we do in the rituals and shul and the basic knesses. If you're in a cherem, <laughs> right? If you're in a cherem, then how can we bring you in shul and make you part of the minion? Okay, but you take a look at that. So Rav, uh, Rav Halevi points out. Pshat divrei Rav Amanig Moirim Sharak Avar Yan Shenidu Eno Nimne Lasara Begin Hanidui Lo Avera. In other words, it's only because that we decided you're not part of us. Lachen Ko Shalei Nido Av Shachotehu Ola Minyan Asara. So Lachora, if you take a look at the at, at the first early source, if the community didn't officially say you're out of it, he's, he can be part of the minion. Hang on one second. Now, the Rav Chaim Levi does something here which I always tell my students to do. Look up the Manig completely. If you take a look at the Manig, he adds to Rashi. The Beis Yosef doesn't quote it, but take a look at the end of the Manig. It's, it's, by the way, it's Rab, it's Rab Ibn Nosan Hayarchi from Provincia. That's, I think, the Sefer HaManig. Okay, so this is an interesting Gemara where Rishwakish had two Amaroyim go walking with him and doing questionable things. Remember the Gemara? They were doing questionable things. Uh, it looked like they were not careful in the laws of Shvius. And Rishwakish said, even though we're still involved in calculating when the new moon is, I can't go with these two guys. These two guys don't keep mitzvahs. But not because they don't keep mitzvahs. It's because we are forming a group. And a group, you can't form a group with the Russia. Kesha minion. So you see that the point is, the Manig says, that when you have a minion, when you have something that you need a special amount of people for, like figuring out the, when the new moon should be, or figuring out to add an extra month to the year, that you can't do it with a Russia. But the point is, is that, uh, again, you have to be someone that it's officially barred. Now, let's move on. All right. Al-Kopanim, Levi says, you see that he's got to be officially barred. Now, however, the Beis Yosef quotes the Rashba. The Rashba says, look how different it is than Rashi. The Rashba says, 
Misha, you put someone in Chayrim because of an Avera, you, you can't be mitzvahed with him. But not because the, the otherwise, look at the Lashon here, not because the Nidui would be without teeth otherwise. Shavaryanim ain't mizamnan aleim. Because <laughs> if you're, if you have, in other words, it's a, either a simon or a siba. Let me explain it better. Is it because you were put in Chayrim, and therefore Chayrim means you can't be part of a minion? Or is the Chayrim just a sign of how bad the Avera was? The, Rashi says that it's because we officially said you're not part of us, and that's why you can't join the minion. The Avera itself is not the issue. It's, it's how we view the Avera and how we viewed you. Whereas the Rashba says, as you can see here, that if it got so bad that we had to put you in Chayrim, that shows that this was a bad Avera. Shavaryanim ain't mizamnan aleim. If you know someone does sins openly and whatever it is, whatever it's called, being a, a, a person who's, who's involved in Averot, in Averos or Averot, you, you can't join with him. Lo Take a look. It's not because there's many people who are put in Chayrim. For example, there's people who don't pay their bills, people who owe money, people who won't uh, pay up with the community. You can put them in Chayrim. But obviously, you can still join the minion. <coughs> The Rashba. Right. So the Rashba says, We know there's, we know that, again, we don't do the ban, we don't do the excommunication today, but there are, but it was part of Jewish history for, you know, for a long time. I've right? seen it in some places. Okay. It's happened once or twice in Baltimore when, like, people wouldn't get it yet. Right. Like again, in, in a limited fashion. But it was, it used to be part of public life always. So the Rashba says, we know there are different types of haramim. There's a harem where the guy thinks he's right, he won't accept the psak of Bezdin, he won't pay, so they put him in harem. But the Rashba says, that guy can come to Minyan. That guy can still, we don't do, but he can still come and be mitzarif to a holy thing. <coughs> but when the harem is primarily because of the sin, then the combination of both together means you can't be part of a minion or, 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 or get called up to the Torah or anything to do with Kedusha. <coughs> What's the difference between the Chayim and the Mishmah, like, with Starf and not with Starf? Okay. So you want to know what the Svara might be? No, I, I, don't, I just wasn't clear what you said. Okay, so let me explain it again. So, again, so the, the, the Rashi says that it would seem every chayrim, by definition, means you're not part of the community. Right. What shows the community more than anything else? Having a minion, part of our group, coming together, getting called to the Torah. All of that is the symbol of what a community means. If we put you in a chayrim that we don't do business with you, we don't talk to you, but when you come to shul, you're part of our life, then the chayrim is a chukah v'tula. The chayrim is ridiculous. That's Rashi's approach. Therefore, in Rashi says it's not because of the Avera, it's because uh, it's it, the, every Chayram has to work that way. Whereas according to the Rashba, the Rashba says that it's not the Chayram itself. There are two types of Chayramim. Sometimes you have a Chayram that's a byproduct of what the community sees as an Avera, and you see how as I bolded it, you become an Avaryan. It's not just you did an Avera. You are a balaver. You are an avaryan. You're someone who does averus. It's like that's what you're about. So if the community decides, and every community will decide differently, but if they decide, oh, that's an avaryan, then they'll put him in chayrim. So as he says, it's an avera chamura. 
<laughs> in other words, whether it's the repetition, whether it was done once publicly, again, it, that's going to be the Dayanim deciding. But once they decide that, so then it's because of the bad Aver that you can't be part of holy things. That's, if, if, if the source is because of your lack of Kedusha, of what you've shown, then you can't now be part of Kedusha. That's, and then those who say, and the other opinion says the person can go to Cheyenne and the candidate is not. Oh, okay. So, so again, the, 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 if you write a Venn diagram, the Rashi and Rashi are similar. That they both say that it has to be with a Cheyenne. However, right? According to Rashi, the reason is is because it's not about the Avera. According to the Rashba, the Cherem is the symbol, is the sim, is the simon that the Avera is an Avera Chamura. So okay. So it would sound, it would sound yes that you couldn't be part of a minion. It sounds like the Rashba would lend itself to the halacha that even though we don't do Charame, but we see he's a, ba- a Baal Avera, but right. There's no such thing as a chayim that he can't be mitzvah to minion. There's no such thing as a chayim that he can't be mitzvah to minion. A chayim of mammon, a of mammon, you could be mitzvah to the minion. Could you include like a specific condition in any other chayim? Right, that's right. Isn't the action putting him in chayim itself the analysis of the decision? Right. Okay. We have decided this person is not qualified to be part of a minion. Okay. So, so both what what Ellie and Mark are referring to, and this gets to your point, Hilly, is that the, the assumption of the Rashba is Chayim is still in force. And the fact that it wasn't, uh, the fact that it was not used, maybe it means that Veira wasn't an Aveira Hamura. But we live in a, a community and societies where Chayim is not even done, and, and, and its powers have been blunted, and therefore, perhaps, what would have qualified in the past as an Avera Chamura, the Yerecherim, would still be bad enough to mean you couldn't be part of a minion. Okay? I know he doesn't say it. But 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 the point is, we don't have... Uh, Hilly, he said... Uh, okay, no, no, no. We have to have like... like The Nidui is, is, as this is Rabbi Alevi speaking... The nidui is just the indicator. Like I said, that's what measures how bad the Avera was. But clearly, if we're, if we're missing that measurement, does that mean Averas aren't Chomer anymore? According, uh, right, Averas aren't Chomer? Accor- anyway, all right? When, when we say on Yom Kippur, like Kol Nidre, that we want to be mispah with Balei Avera. With the Avaryan. Right. Is, is, is that saying, you know, including all the people that we put into... Oh, 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 oh Hilly's answer is good. But we won't give them an aliyah. We want them here. They can daven. But they're not... They don't create... What? So let's say you only have... Let's say you only have seven without the Avaryan and one Yom Kippur. Okay. So, all right, hang on. They, if they want to do a mitzvah, as in joining a minion, why should we take that away from them? As if they did one, if they did a different avera. Good question. Good question. And that's going to obviously, um, when there's an official cherem, things are complicated because you need to first deal with first things first. If there's no official cherem, but the person's just been a balavera, now he's showing that he perhaps wants to do tshuva. Why shouldn't we accept him? So again, obviously. The, the, <laughs> 
we have to do a little bit of um, uh, it's money. Uh, I understand. Okay, right, so we went through a little bit of operation here. We have to do a little bit of a surgery. Uh, the period that this is referring to is not our period, and I think again now that we've we've moved beyond this period, can we still use any of those principles? Um, because clearly there are no haram and we don't uh, we don't use it as much. Let's go on. Um, Right, we will not see no. We don't find it. In other words, we can't find any open source for it. Hang on. Okay, so hang on a second. Okay. Now. Um, right, and this is the Rivosh. Mishav Ravelunis. Now that we don't find any early source that he can't be Mitzarif, the Marami Rutenberg says that even there's a Xera that the Tzibur made. Like the Tzibur said, everybody has got to do certain things. But if you weren't, if you didn't put in Chayram, it could be part of a minion. Okay. So the Rivosh quotes the Marami Rutenberg. So Lachora says the Rechaim Dovan Alevi, Nimtzenu Lameidim Shakol Shoven Bazet. Then Avriyan can be part of a minion. And the Shulchan Aruch brings this down. Okay. Now, the Prima Godim, however, says, and it's not in Shulchan Aruch openly, the Prima Godim writes, so the Prima Godim adds this. Again, the Yosef says, if you haven't been put in a Chayram, despite your Avera, you can join the Minion, be number 10, be number 7, 8, 9, or 10. Prima Godim says, obviously, the Mechaber was not dealing with this terrible Avera called Avodah which is an automatic exclusion. Chil Shabbos based on the Gemara and Chulin that says it's like you're an Ovid Avodazara. Or, one, one, one minute, one minute. That's what he means. Mumer Avodazara Vechil Shabbos. It's not one time. Okay, you're right. It's not one time. He does it more than one. You're right. He knows it's wrong. He knows it's wrong. Uh, okay, we haven't. Right, so we haven't gotten to the Barhesi yet. But hang on. Oh, Lahachis Bedover Acher. Lahachis is a hard thing to explain. The post can give a very neutral explanation of it, of what Lahachis means. Lahachis means that even, again, we all, you've heard about it. He's, he's doing Averis Lahachis. When I first heard that expression when I was younger, I thought Lahachis meant that he's angry at God and that he's going to, like, give God this shaking fist and say, <coughs> I'm going to do this Avera anyway, because I just can't stand you. The Poskim say that, that he doesn't have to shake his fist angrily. The Poskim say we give a person a status of lahachis if he had an equal chance to do something beheter, right? He had a piece of meat that was right in front of him that was just as good tasting as the other one, that was shechted properly was kosher, and then another piece that was treif, and he decides to eat the treif piece. So the post can say that's called lahachis, because he shovik hetera sura. He has the allowable thing right in front of him, and yet he chose the other one. Now he didn't shake his fist, he didn't say, right? But the action itself shows that it's not l'tayavon. It's not because he's hungry. It's not because he saved money. He had both things equally open for him. He could have, right? There's no explanation as to why he's not doing it. So we say, what else is it? What else is it? It must be, it must be he's got some sort of lahachis. 
what I'm saying is it doesn't necessarily mean that it shows with an angry attitude that we've seen displayed. Lahachis, according to the postkim, just means we can't justify it based on his hunger, based on his saving money, or based, right? It, both things were just as easy for him. He still did the Avera. What else could it be? That's called Lahachis. So therefore, I think, which is not healing, I think therefore the Lahachis is the part, not so much he's angry, that's when God gets angry. In other words, it's, it's, it's an, uh, he's doing the Avera, and that's the type of error that leads to the cost of Hashem more than anything else. Because God can't understand, of course he does, but that's where the Rabboni Shalom presents like a face of cost. Because lehachis, no, it's a type of avera that brings the anger of God, so to speak, whatever that means. Doesn't mean necessarily that he walks around with a with an attitude. Go ahead, Eli. What do you want to say? It's predicated on the fact that he knows that the thing is. Of course. Right. Of course. If, if he's if he doesn't know that it's also then it's not then it's not lahachis. He has to have you know. Right. That's what I said before. Fifty fifty chance he happened to pick the one that was. Also. Of course not. Lahachis means he definitely he did the isra. What I'm saying is that cancels according to prima Godim, If you if you have done that, if you are used to doing that, then you're you're out of the picture no matter what the aver is. It could be shotness, right? I want the shotness suit, even though whatever it is. Right, even though the other suit is just as pretty, just as nice, just as comfortable, what? Right, it's an indicator of some sort of root that makes you outside of the bounds of Jewish life completely. Right, and the same thing is true with Chilul Shabbos, implying even if it's not lahakis, right? Even if it's what we call l'tiyavon, even yes, Chilul Shabbos is makes you out of bounds. Right, but but Chilul Shabbos, there's three again, three levels, three three exceptions: Avodah Zarah, Chilul Shabbos, or any Avera Lahachis. Which means what second Hilly? Which means Chilul Shab a mummer a person who's a Machalul Shabbos liteyavon, according to this, cannot be part of a minion. Okay. Again, mummer lechalu Shabbos with the oven. Call it that if you want. He does it more than once. Okay, he clearly has done it, knowing that it's wrong. But he's doing it because right. That's what we call him. A mummer lechalu Shabbos with the oven. So it doesn't make it. So even though it's with the oven, he's not mitzaref. That's the psak, and he says that. And on that, Levi says, even though Maran, Beis Yosef, doesn't say that in Hilchas Tefillah, but he says it in Hilchas Shechita. Because he says, Dino Kigoy, the Indian Shechita. No, L'Tiyavon, if you're Machal Shabbos, even L'Tiyavon. Right. So, so even though it says Avaryan Mitztarev, Meaning, but that's except of Chilul Shabbos. He doesn't wear tzitzis, whatever it is. He's, he, does, he doesn't want to have a bris mila, whatever it is. That's with the Yavon. Now, so therefore, he says, uh, he says, the stechemid, which I gave you in the, in the, uh, as a, an addition to your, to your email. Mikan, okay. Apikorsim, look at here. Umumrim, mitzarfim lahachis, ain't a mitzarfim minyan asara. Avil avaryanim litiyavon, look at this, hili, chutz mevodazar vachilo shabbis, mitzarfim. 
someone who obviously doesn't believe in the Chazal, Gam who ain't mitzvah from minyan asara. Okay, so now, what are these? Go back to the yeshiva bocher and his father's minyan that he that he adopted. He called them not religious Jews in Israel who are machal Shabbos. So lachora, you can't be mitzvah of them. Look at now the way a Paisik looks at things. The primagodim. That's the chiddush of the primagodim, and and and, okay, and and the primagodim seems to be backed up by the shulchan aruch and other places. You're right. <laughs> now he says, El kol When I looked at the whole question, and that's what every Paisik needs to do. When you look at the complete question, umitocho nira she. In this Yehudpitzville, <laughs> in this this dark, it's in Eretz Yisrael somewhere, but it's really off the beaten to path. There's no, can you believe it? He says there's some place where they're, they're struggling to have a shul. There's Jews around, and there's no shul. And there's six or eight Shemitah Mitzvahs who want to come to Davin, and the rest are Machali Shabbos. V'yemuloi Yitzarfeim, the Beis Haknes is going to close, and the Shemri Mitzvah. We can't force them to move to 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 Beit Shemesh. They're going to lose the ability to daven in that spot that had been a place that had a minion. You're right. Good point. Good point. But they're going to lose the schus of Tefillah B'tzir. Okay, that that's your. The, but look at how Levi's attitude was. Chovaleinu, and I bolded it and made it larger here. Chovaleinu v'chapesh derech lahokel. When you have a situation where the sources seem to say, "Look, you can't get mechal Shabbos, you can't make a minyan with him." That's it. Minyan's closed. Goodbye. Oh, come on! I'm going to close a shul. The six or eight people we need to do something. Chovaleinu to try to go back to the sources, be honest, and come up with a way to be mekel. There is something else we're missing here. Yeah, you, you could use the the minion as a um, a kirov effort. The same way we started this whole Misa with the father, who yeah. somehow they got him into shul. Right. All of a sudden, became the chaz and the balkari, whatever, and he enjoyed it. And he, you know, okay, you, you you could you could you know make a minion a, a kirov effort. In other words, and therefore change certain things in the minion. And instead of taking the Torah out. Read from a chumash instead of davening. In other words, have sort of like a minion without it really being a minion. Sort of. What? I have a better question. Um, same way that uh, let's say someone comes in and they're and they they don't keep uh, 
uh, any of the mitzvahs or something, and they they want a daven, right? So they can be a baal shuvah that second, and they'll, and so, they'll be there. But a better question would be like, is if a better question would be is if um, let's say you have a business partner and you're trying and you know that the guy you're getting a business from is a religious guy and he's davening and he needs you for a minion, so you're not doing it because you want to. You're doing it because. That's a better question to say, would I, would that be okay. counted? Okay, so I hear what you're saying. So w- the first thing that you said if is very famous. To, Rav Moshe says no this a number, in a number before, of truths. Very good. Uh, Rav Moshe's Daniel, right? Sender. Sender, I'm sorry. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Uh, there's a reason why I made that mistake. Yes, and but anyway, so Rav Moshe actually says that when a person comes into shul, you have to assume that he is going to be a shemitah mitzvah. He's there. You can't, you can't be boidikistitzis, even if Ramosha says if he drove to shul. Right? Even if it, even if it turns out that he's got his Cadillac in the parking lot, right? He could still. Ramosha says while he's here, you don't know that perhaps he's doing true at this moment. Ramosha does say what about that. The other question that I just said. Now is the it, other question for the, a, an incentive or something. You hear what he's asking? He's saying, let's say where we know the guy is indifferent. He's not coming to show because he wants to. He's just doing it because, let's say, for example, his business partner is having a bar mitzvah of his son. Or his business he's partner. Join and he, and he, he wants to make him happy. And he wants to come over there. So you want to say that perhaps there we can judge him a little because we know it's... Uh, okay, good point. It's a good point. Is it ten million regardless? Is um, each Jew okay. is the Shina? Uh, 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 so, 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 so we'll see. Ramesha actually develops this idea, and but I just want to show what Chaim Daven Alevi does. Uh, he's not as inventive as you would think, but look what he does here. He says, "Avoba Ofen." Let's take a look. He says, "When I looked in the Poiskim, and they speak about even the Prima Godim, take a look. Who says you can't use him for a minion?" That's in a case where it's chaser minion b'tefila misuyemes. That's where uh, let's bring this guy in. But the shul is a, is a shul. Happens to be today is a bad day because it's six degrees outside. V'rotz im lahashlam bavaryan alva ba'ofen kazeh shebeis akneses yisager v'yevuto atomid ba'achas mishkunas yisrael. In other words. When the postkim spoke about it, and even the uh, the, the Chuvas farm, they speak about a person who happens to roll into shul, but where it's actually the standard that the only way they can get the ten people is through the non-religious person. He says there he believes the situation is different. Kosha alai hadover biyoser. He feels that it's much worse, and it's much harder for him to say, forget it, just don't dive in there. So he start. Here's the first kula. Kula number one. What does Farhesia mean? So if you take a look in Yeridea, when it talks about giving up your life, Farhesia means ten, you did the, in other words, whatever Avera, the, 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 the non-Jewish tyrant, asks you to do, if it's in front of ten Jews, then you have to give up your life. And you count as one of them, but there's nine other who would see it. So you see that what? It's got to be in front of ten Jews. When you did the Chil, you did the Farhesia, with the word Farhesia was used, it's in front of ten Jews. He says it's true that many poskim say that it doesn't have to be in front of them. Even if the, the news will get out to ten Jews, that's also called Kiddush Hashem B'Farhesia. But, and he says, I know that's what many poskim write, but he says, still, practically, if you look at the words, the words are, it has to be ten, in front of ten. 
Now, what's he, where's he going with this? He says, the Rashba also says, it's got to be ubifnei asara. So therefore, it could be, and he quotes here the, the, the Arach Laner, Rabbi Yaakov Etzlinger, that it's got to be ten Jews together at one time. So if that's true, maybe we could say that these people aren't, we don't know where, how, where they're Machal Shabbos. When they go in their house and you know that they're Machal Shabbos, are they got into a car? Are there nine other Jews watching them? Do we know that they've actually been Machal Shabbos Bifar Hesya? Right? True. He probably would tell you he got into a car. But did he do it? Did he, were there not the act of... down the street when everybody was yes, outside that's taking, right. taking a, a Shabbos afternoon right. walk? Right. Or did he did it, or did he get in the car early in the morning and only two people were outside? Right. So if, unless you can, that's, that's one cooler. Uh-uh, so that he doesn't go so far to say. The scenario you're talking about was giving up your life. Well, that's true, but he's using so, the same definition. But how do you know that the person wouldn't give up his life for that? Okay, but the, but the point here is, Sender, is that he's just taking what is the word when we when the post can say bifarhesia. What does that mean? We know it means ten Jews. Do the ten Jews have to be present to the act of Chilo Shabbos that you did? If, in Israel, yeah. okay. The other thing he wants to say is, there's another opinion, it's the opinion of the, um, the Balai Itter, quoted by the Rashbats, that when do we say a Machal Shabbos has a din of Noved Avodah Zorah? It's got to be, incredibly, by Avodah's Karka. It has to, be the, has to be that what he did wasn't that he lit a fire, but that he went out to till the field. That he did something that was part of uh, either either planting a seed, uh, plowing, uh, watering, pruning. It was something within the work of a field. That's a shita that is quoted. It's a shita of the Rishonim. One second. Even though it's hard to understand what the difference is. But maybe, and Rakiv Eger quotes it as well, as he says here, so maybe we could use that as a sniff to be matir. Why? Okay, that's so two svaras. First of all, and you're right, have we ever seen these three or four schleppers, we'll call them, or nice guys who are part of the shul, have we ever seen them, been, have they been machal Shabbos in front of ten people, or nine people? Two, there's another sheet that holds, that when is it that you're really so bad, is when you sort of do the ultimate Chil Shabbos, which according to the Balayitir, quoted by the Rashbats, is an act of Chil Shabbos that was a violation of plowing. I guess for some reason that was sort of like the ultimate work on Shabbos was I'm going to pr- work on my field. The fact that I, you know, I want to boil an egg is not the ultimate pachin ponim to God. The ultimate... Right, assuming they didn't do farming publicly. So these are his two ways to try to be matir. And then he comes up with a third heter. His third hetter is that maybe when did Chazal and Chulin say, and when did the Rambam codify it, that you have a din of an Oved of Odezara? That's when 
Because what did it mean? You grew up in a period where everyone around you and everyone who raised you and everything you heard and everything you knew inherently was that this is the, one of the worst things in the world. It was the Machal Shabbos. And everyone in the community knows how bad it is. And therefore, when you do that, it's like the ultimate slap to God. So therefore, the, the Chazal ruled that in that period, that if you do that publicly, <laughs> what's going on here? You, you've joined the Ovid of the Avodah I don't care if it was Litiyava. It says, What do we see? Look, look around in Israel and throughout the world. Everything is, Shabbos is everywhere. And most of the people, Einam Yodim, Either they haven't been taught properly, or they don't understand how terrible it is. So, and let's add a fourth reason. They are in shul. Whoever this guy is, maybe at the knock on the door, maybe at the tell him, can you, I'll see you on Shabbos, maybe you have to have a nice kiddush afterwards. But the end of the day, bo urei sheboyim heim lebeis Right, that's that you're right, Hilly. Right, right. The, they don't see that they they, they don't see that they're violating in their actions what it means to be they a Jew. They're, because they're going, they're coming into shul and they want to dive and they want to hear the Torah reading. So therefore, well, you will you know, will you have you know, because a regular other area. Some other. Reformed Jews also don't think that. Oh, okay, so that's a good. Okay, so would this psak re- 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 apply to reform or conservative Jews? Conservative, I'm not gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna take off the table. Let's talk about reformed Jews, because I don't want to paint conservative Jews all with the same brush. That would be wrong for me to do. But let's assume at this point, I'm gonna say right. Rav Moshe, in his approach has a very different approach between the reform, a reformed Jew and what was considered a, a type of Jew that he's talking about. And that I, I showed you last week, uh, um, Mitch, uh, the, the Jew who sort of was like, I'm Orthodox, I just don't keep certain mitzvahs, right? I'm, my dad is, my dad's this way, I live this way. I'm, right? There was, there, was, there was people, in, in, especially in America, I've brought this book to read from. I'm not going to have time. But Rogadavi Schwartz describes in his book, uh, as sign, uh, an attitude where, of course, you were part of the Orthodox shul. You kept mitzvahs. Right? You didn't, if someone would ask you, you wouldn't call yourself reform. But it was well known that you come to shul and afterwards you go to work. And there are still many, as we know, we talked about this a couple of you last year when we dealt with the, the New Jersey Giants. We talked about the many shoals where people actually uh, went to work afterwards. It was a very well-known thing. So again, the, the Rav Moshe deals with these type of Jews, and, and, and that's probably the type, sort of, what he's talking about, that, as he says, Bechashecho Yisalechu, they're going to go be Machal Shabbos after Shul. Maybe, Ulai, you can maybe call those Tinok Shanishba. We mentioned the principle of Tinok Shanishba two weeks ago. That's the Kiddush of the Rambam. People who were raised in a place where they knew nothing. Maybe the Jews, even in Eretz Yisrael of the 70s, are that way as well. And therefore we can allow them to be part of a minion. And he quotes here the Chazonish that we talked about a couple of weeks ago as well. He says, at least with all of this together, 
We're not going to close the shul. Now, what about keep it off? <laughs> so he says, Lagabi keep it off. Look at the nachas ruach he give your father, and you also have a schus of the rabbim by you going there. And here comes what Yanki said. Maybe by having a minion as limping along as bad as it does, maybe by having that minion the way it is, it could do something. And maybe maybe by having this minion, it's going to change people. Because they're not just going to sit there emptily, you know, just say the words. Maybe they're going to be inspired. Maybe there'll be something. And this is what he says, I thought, why I thought it was post-1967. Look what Rav Halevi says. Halo bitkufa shel tshuva anuchayim. We're living in a tshuva period. The, the, what, what used, maybe uh, 50, 60 years before that, maybe you would say, oh, come on, give up. But this could work, and we're living in a time of tshuva. That we find people becoming bali tshuva from the strangest situations the Rabbani Sholem is sort of like the seed of tshuva is growing everywhere. So therefore, even though you would say, let's just close up and forget about this darf and move to Harnof, move to a firm place, maybe, as he says, by continuing there, he's telling this yeshiva bachar to join his father and do something, uh, which he thinks is the best. But he says, obviously, it's, this is a bidyeved, it would be best to bring three of your friends to be mashu the mini mitzvahs. Try to make, he says, all, everything I said here was bidyevid. Right? It was using that sheet so that it's got to be Bifarhesias in front of 10 people, Mamish. The idea of Avodas Karka, bidyevid. It'd be better, right? But, so this is an example of emotion, hurt, research. But not such a novel creative point. The novel creative point, I only have two minutes to tell it to you, is more from Rav Moshe and Rav Herzog. Rav Moshe and Rav Herzog came up with the, the most simple, obvious reason to be matir, a minion, even without. He says, what's the source of a minion? Benikdashti? What? Ah, that's Rav Moshe's raya. Rav Moshe's, it says, Benikdashti betoch. So the source of a minion is the idea of the Kiddush Hashem Barabim. We learn, as, as Mark is saying, the Ada is from the Maraglim, the Ada Hara, right? The Ada, I'm sorry, Ada is from the Maraglim, and then Betoch is Korach, Ada is the Maraglim. Then the word Betoch we get from Korach, and Ramosha says, Let's talk about the prime mitzvah. The prime mitzvah is Kiddush Hashem. Right? And from there, Nikdashti, Betoch Bnei means you die for God's sake. Rav Moshe says, even if you'd have nine or ten kofrim, like the Maraglim. Rav Moshe says, the Maraglim were Roshoyim. The Maraglim didn't believe that God could do things. The Maraglim were Chote Machtes Arabim. They're Balei Avera in the greatest way. They're kofrim. But they're worse than Machali Shabbos. They're Kofrim and Hashem, right? Still, that could be a mitzvah of Kiddush Hashem in front of them. So he says the, the idea of tefillah can't be worse. Tefillah is a, an extension of the idea of Kiddush Hashem Barabim. Both Rav Moshe and Herzog say that. Which means 
that even a Baal Avera, even though the Prima Godim says it's not true, Prima Godim says you can't be Mitzarif, Rav Moshe and Rav Herzog have the shoulders to argue with the Prima Godim, and they say in terms of the Tziraf of a minion, you can be Mitzarif, a Machal Shabbos to the minion. And they say something else. Um, Rav Moshe says, especially we have a sheet of Rashi versus the Rambam. What does it mean to be Pyrus al Shema? So <laughs> Rashi says, even one person who hasn't davened can get nine other people together and can do a Shema Esrei and a Baruchu and a Kedusha. You know, sometimes you see people who come in late to whatever the reason is and they say, come on, I want to say a Baruchu, I want to say a Kedusha. So Rashi Shita is that even one person you can have nine who didn't, who already davened, to give me mitzvah with him to make, to do the union of kiddush Hashem Barabin. So Rav Moshe says like this: Clearly, you can say kedusha. It might not be a tzibur. In other words, he says like this: The prima gada might be correct that in terms of tefillah b'tzibur, you could say, well, look, he's a machal shabbos, he doesn't, right? But in terms of the others who are there, even one guy can get nine already davened and he can be, and be makayim the mitzvah. Allah has kama v'kama if you have a, three or four machale Shabbos. The other six can say Kedusha, they can say Baruch Hu, they're able to lane the Torah. He says it's not an issue. He doesn't really go into that thing. So, now, um, right. Moshe has another tshuva, I just want to finish with this where he talks about letting a, uh, a Machal Shabbos duchen. You know about that, Shufa. That it, can you, he wrote in 1949. Everyone I know is Okay. But, you, <laughs> but it's a famous Shufa. So again, a Kayan came to Shul on Yontif. He was a Machal Shabbos. Rav Moshe says, and he says basically, he says, what's the reason why a difference Machal Shabbos Bitsina and Machal Shabbos Befarhesia. So he says, Machal Shabbos Bitsina, he's Lutayava. When it's Befarhesia, this is his Chiddush. You know that there's 10 people watching. You know everyone's going to know about it. And yet you did it. If you were doing it in your, uh, someone was peeked in your window, or someone came to your apartment and saw you doing it, you didn't expect it to become the most public news in the world. But when you do something that's open and public like that, even though you're doing it for the sake of Parnassah, you did it in front of so many people, everybody, the, the, the optics say you're a kofer. The optics say that it's called Dvarm Shebelev, even though in your heart you only did it because you wanted to make money. He says that was true in the time of Chazal and in many places in Europe. He says in America... It, doing it publicly doesn't mean that you know that you're sending a message that you're being that, you, that you're a lahachis or that you're a kofer. Therefore, he says in in America, a machal shabbos b'farkesiach has a din of bitzina, because what's the difference? What right? It's not a, it's it's. Uh, when it's in front of ten people, even though in your heart you know that you did it for the sake of the money. But look, you know the way it's going to be interpreted. You did it publicly. Come on. Everyone knows what a public act is. Today, public acts in America are not the same. Public acts in America. In uh, or made right. Or in Europe or other places. That's right. That's right. So Ramosha, as you can see the difference, Ramosha, 
as I said, ingeniously comes up with a way to not only allow him to be part of a minion, but to allow him to duchen and to actually blunt his chilul Shabbos. According to our Moshe, you could actually not only just let him be there, but anyone who's like that, you can be mitzvah of him, plus the far I told to send her before. Once he's here, you can assume he's maybe doing tshuva. All right, well, Mitzvah Shem will continue next week. Aliyah, the prop. Right, right, he's... We had a situation.